This is The Lydia Project, Conversations with Christian Women. Our name is inspired by the life-changing conversation that Lydia had with Paul, recorded in Acts 16. On this podcast, you'll hear from a variety of women whose lives have also been impacted by the truth of the gospel. Your hosts, Tori Walker and Taryn Hayes, hope that you too will be challenged and inspired by how the gospel truths are being worked out in the lives of their guests, ordinary women who serve an extraordinary God. Today, your host is Tori Walker. Hello and thanks again for tuning in and listening to another episode of The Lydia Project. It's great to be able to bring you this interview. It's a chat I had with Marion Guthrie over Zoom and it was just so lovely to meet her and really just hear a snippet of her life. Uh, She has done a lot and lived a lot and has so many experiences but the one that we really spoke about in this interview is one where she's at right at the moment which is doing a ministry apprenticeship as a mature age woman so usually these are done by people in their early 20s mid 20s uh, but as Marion will explain this point in her life is the time when she is doing it and what she's learning from it is really encouraging to hear so hope you enjoy listening to this episode but before we move on with the interview I just wanted to give you a heads up about a new idea that we've had to complement the interviews and conversations we have on the Lydia project and that is to incorporate a tiny bit of a virtual book club so where this idea has come from is that I want to encourage myself to read more Christian books and I've decided that four is a really good number to challenge myself with this year so to help me do that Taryn and I are going to decide four books that we want to read and then read them and then at the end of each term we'll have a conversation with someone around that book's topic or hopefully even with the author now look we haven't decided which books to read so feel free to send in any suggestions that you might have to Uh, our email address or Facebook page using the handle at TLPCWCW and our email address is TLPCWCW at gmail.com and yeah next episode or two we'll let you know which books that we've decided and if you want to join us for one or all four of them that would be great. All right on with the conversation with Marion. I would love to hear the story of how you came to faith in Christ. I became a Christian when I was a teenager and that was through friends at school inviting me along to what was initially just a what you'd call almost like a pre-evangelistic event which was a breakfast club so we would go on a Friday morning and it was in the days when you'd have p-plate drivers who would come and collect you from your home to get up to the to the hall really early in the morning and we would have breakfast together and there'd be a small evangelistic talk and there'd be a song and then we'd all go off to our different schools and that was always great fun. I went along to the fellowship group so I felt like I was just progressing and yeah started to get a little more involved and exploring the Christian faith. And so it was a slow process. It wasn't exactly a, yeah, aha moment that I became a Christian. So it probably would have been when I was in year 11 is when I would have said, yes, I'm definitely a Christian. But thinking about this question too, I reflected back on 
how God had been working in my life even up to that point. And it was really through various women. I went to Sunday school, but that was only for a short period of time. And then my year one school teacher was a Christian and I went along to a little group that she ran for a little while. And I remember getting a Luke's Gospel and starting to read through that. And it really was alive like it was just it wasn't just like a book but I was only really young I was in year one about that stage and then we moved to the city from the Blue Mountains and I had another Christian teacher then my primary school teacher was a Christian lady as well and she eventually became a missionary but she also brought a missionary into our scripture class which I attended and he'd been a missionary in China and he talked about being under house arrest and all the all those things but the good news of Jesus was there. I also had a grandmother and an aunt who were Christian as well and a lady next door who was like a second mother to me. She was another Christian lady. And so along the way, there were all these people who, whether they spoke specifically or just modelled their Christian faith, I look back and I think, yep, God was at work even in those times before I became a Christian. Yeah, that is a lot of people, isn't it? To, yeah. You know, a lot of Christian people to have in someone's life who's not a believer. And yeah, it's lovely how that witness can happen. Yeah, and that they were all stepping stones towards faith. And I think sometimes I get frustrated when I don't see anybody that I know immediately become like who is a non Christian becoming a Christian. And I'm thinking, oh, I'd really love that to sort of see that leading them to Christ. But then Maybe I'm just one of those stepping stones, and that's also a great thing. You're involved in something quite interesting now in terms of life and ministry. Yes. Do you want to tell us about that? I'll start at the beginning because it's, the story really began in 1985 when I went to the Katoomba Youth Convention, and that was in the days when it was under the big tent and Philip Jensen was the chair, I think, and Helen Rosevee came and spoke. And she was such an amazing missionary lady who really taught the Bible so well. And I had a boyfriend and we were we both separately went down the front when they were talking about who was going to become, you know, if you would like to become a missionary. And so I was thinking, yes. And and then we eventually got married and had this idea that we would actually go to college after five years of marriage. So we'd been involved in fellowship group and leading groups and Bible study groups and so on. Two years into our marriage, I just said to Stephen, I actually don't think I can go to college, which was really a shock to us both in as much as I thought I would want to. And I was feeling really comfortable in our lifestyle and life. And I was really scared that God wouldn't actually be able to fulfill his, which just really sounds dreadful, but would not be able to fulfill his promise of supplying all my needs. And I, and it was a trust issue on my part. And so for the sake of our marriage and for the sake of me, Stephen said, let's just, we won't, we won't do it. But God used all of that time to be preparing me for where we're at now. And so three years ago, we'd been to my brother-in-law's 60th birthday in Noosa and we were travelling back home. And on that journey home, Stephen said, oh, I just can't remain an accountant for the rest of my life. And I turned to him and I went, okay, so 
how soon do you want to, you know, what do you want to do? And so it was a, it's a case of going, well, I want to work, maybe if we could work part-time or he could work part-time and then move somewhere regional to be useful in a church. And that then prompted us to think, well, what would be a good way of using the time? And I was actually, that was three years ago, and I was doing my uh, Bachelor of Arts at that moment in time, and so I was going to complete that. And then we got to the point where it was now I'd completed it and I'd been approached by my professor to do a Master of Creative Writing and that was actually quite flattering. And so we explored all of that and then I was just about to press the submit button on my application and then Stephen just quietly said, well, we're going to be going into our third year of our five-year plan, which was the plan that we had made about how we were going to exit Sydney and move regionally. And then I was faced with this, well, actually, if you do that, then Moore College offers theological training, but it's usually face-to-face. It's really exclusively face-to-face. So it was, what's a better use of my time? So... I could do a creative, a master of creative writing anytime really. And I could do that online. So I decided that was enough. Like he didn't actually have to say anything more. It was without recrimination or anything like that. And I just went, okay, I'm going to change. And I started talking to Jane Tua and that conversation led to me considering doing study at at Moore College. But at the same time, there was somebody, there was an announcement out at our church about doing a ministry apprenticeship. So I actually thought, well, it would be really good if we're going into a regional church, then somewhere, then it would be really good to get an insight into what ministry looks like from not just being there on a Sunday and being involved in things, which we were like leading Bible studies or being involved in all that sort of thing. So I actually asked about doing a ministry apprenticeship and the answer was yes but the night for the information about it came and went and I didn't go because I just thought I'm going to be so silly and I feel so stupid like look at my age you know I'm almost I was you know almost 55 and it's like well what on earth am I doing with my time I don't think this is for me but anyway we had somebody who followed me up from church and in the end came up with this idea that I could do a mix of part-time study at Moore College and and part-time ministry apprenticeship. So what I like to call myself is is a mature age ministry apprentice. And when you start putting it together, the acronym is MAMA. And I think that that really suits (laughs) because, you know, any guys that want to do it well, they're either going to have to be stuck with, at my age, having to be stuck with being called a MAMA or they're going to have to come up with another acronym but yeah I I love it Marion so yes that's what I'm doing and so just I'll just interrupt for context for people who don't know about ministry apprenticeships or ministry training most people are in their early to mid-20s yeah yes yes so what I'm doing really I think and there's a I wrote something about that in the TGCA yeah I'm I'm a in my 50s living more like the life of a 20-year-old, but I don't have the vim and verve of the 20-year-old. So there are certain things that I just don't have the energy to do that 20-year-olds have. And I don't have as much flexibility in terms of, I can't just say, okay, I'm out tonight. For, I'm not going to be home for dinner because 
we're still I'm still part of a family, still running a household. So those sorts of things have, you know, they, that's a different sort of trajectory for me. But the interesting thing is that I bring life experience that a 20-year-old doesn't have and I hope a bit more wisdom, like have it just because of life experience and the way that God has been working in my life. So, yeah, that's been really an interesting experience and it's been really, I think God's been doing a lot of work on me this year. So <laughs> in terms of the way that he has been teaching me. So college has been fantastic. It's been a great time to just reflect on where God's brought me from and to and think through things and issues. And then Ministry Apprentice has really shown me areas in my life that I actually need to work on as well. Like particularly at being older, like not realising how much there is pride involved because you're, you know, I've been used to being telling children what they need to do or or whatever. And so I've had to learn and instill in the process of it, learning humility and being teachable. And there are moments where that's easier to do than others. Yeah, I think that that's been a real challenge and a stretch for me. But, yeah, that's been great and I can so I can feel God working so I feel like he's doing a lot of business with me this year and even through college assignments so I did one recently for Jane Tua because she's my lecturer and on Christian issues facing Christian women and influences for in Australia and I did mine on feminism and I'd grown up in this in second wave feminism so I was kind of like okay, I think that I've got this. It, it played with my, when I became a Christian, I kind of went, I, which was 10 years after sort of the second wave of feminism Feminism had really sort of taken hold. I was thought, oh, yeah, I'm fine. And then just doing this assignment, I became really irritable and cranky. And I realised as I was doing it that I, there were still bits of, feminism that was really that God had to really kind of gouge out of me because there are these two keystones one is independence and one is control which are two keystones of feminism and I wasn't so worried about the equality thing but these two were ones that are probably part of just my makeup those were things that I really still in one sense was clinging to a little bit yeah it was learning to go yep I think I need to be at peace with being submissive and but in a good way and I want to really like really still continue to explore what that means and and also complementarianism like that was one big thing I just think I had to there's equality for men and women in Christ and there is a mutuality in the church and in marriage and so just thinking about that these are things that I'm still grappling with and try to work through but it really has already kind of started to just change in my thinking so but that's God really doing work in my life and doing business with me just like he's teaching me humility getting working on that pride that (laughs) is there in all of us but yeah I just need to keep growing in that.
Yeah, that's a, a pretty meaty assignment to be doing in your first year too, isn't it? I mean, it's quite <laughs> yes. broad as well as personal. Well, it's true. And, and in fact, it was, but it was my choice. Like you could choose anything in this course that, that you could talk about. And I chose to do that. I'd just come out of a degree where the modern history department particularly was very feminist, which is where I was doing with all my modern history as a major. So that it was almost like I've, my two worlds were colliding and I was learning again to be becoming under God's word and feminist ideas that were coming. I could see and I could see there are some good things in feminism that we've gained from feminism, you know, the vote. And when you think about going out with your family, if you go to the local pub, a woman is able to go and sit there with her husband not and family, not being the separate women's lounge, that was because of feminism. And there are other things like family law reform here in New South Wales and so on. But those sorts of things, there are good things as well. So it's not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but it's actually going, no, my real identity is in Christ. It's not in feminism. And that's where I need to, to really focus. So, yeah, it's been an interesting journey. So your desire to be doing study face-to-face, it hasn't quite happened this year, I'm guessing. (laughs) Did you get to know your classmates at all or did it go to online fairly quickly? Well, being part-time, it was a bit tricky. But in fact, I think that being online actually helped because with the teams that we were using, you had everybody's initials on there and also their names. So you actually started to get to know the, the names of people as opposed to being in a lecture theatre but I just think there's an irony in this I think this is where God's really placed me where he wants me because if I'd had the choice that you know online study was available at college then I might have just gone well I could do either or with that creative writing major but I could only be face to face and then you know COVID hits and I have to be online to be doing college. So <laughs> there's a certain irony in all of that. But getting to know people now, we've been we're back face-to-face and that has been a real blessing. Those incidental conversations are really wonderful, just having them, whereas if you're online, to sort of instigate a conversation with someone and having to click on them, you know, send them a message is a little strange and weird whereas you know you can just be in the queue getting your cup of tea at morning tea and you can just strike up a conversation so it's a bit different and one of the other things that I've really really enjoyed has been my chaplaincy group so that's been a joy to have a mix of a people at different stages across the years and also mm. my chaplain, the lovely Caroline. So she's been great. Like, and she's been the one who has really encouraged me in doing my writing. So for the TGCA, and she was also the one who yeah, suggested that we get in contact. So she's been wonderful, but also been wonderful in so extending me, but also challenging me in my faith. So a really enriching year when I stop and think about it. I'm glad you feel like you have time to reflect (laughs) because I think the experience of doing MTS for many people or ministry apprenticeship is quite busy. Maybe that's because you're a bit wiser, a bit older, you're a bit more able to pace yourself. Well, yeah, I think that and just 
COVID has changed the way we do things and also being part-time. When COVID hit, because I've been working in the, like I'm being apprenticed in the membership space, has been thinking about how do we gather people and do community. And so one of the things that we, as soon as we could have five people in our home, we started having people in to to have breakfast before watching church live streams. So that has actually been a real blessing in as much as you, you get to know people in a way, like you've invited them into your home and you get to have conversations with them. Sometimes it's just getting to know them a bit better. It may not be necessarily on a spiritual level, but then afterwards, after church, we just hang for another maybe half an hour, 45 minutes, and sometimes the conversation is really just centred on what we've heard. But again, it's just that sense of gathering people. And I've realised that that, like my neighbour, the lady I mentioned before, who who was like a second mother, taught me the love of cooking. Doing this hospitality has just helped me go, yeah, I do enjoy that. And just reconnecting with that. So, yeah, it's been great. Mm. And so what else does your ministry apprenticeship involve? Um, I know you don't have a typical week, but for those hours that you're an apprentice, what kind of things are you doing? Okay, so this morning I have a women's Bible study that I'm part of, so it's being an encouragement to the leader there. Another thing I do is try and meet up with women one-to-one and we just walk and talk. I really enjoy the exercise. And most people, are, and particularly now with COVID, just being outside and in fresh air rather than in a cafe just sitting and sipping on a latte or whatever and sometimes we can you know incorporate a coffee on the way I've been doing that a bit and that's been a really good time of just getting to know women and hearing where they're at and being able to pray with them and and then supporting them also just from Another way is has been actually attending the staff meetings we have here and being in awe, one of just the vastness of ministry and seeing how much thought goes into ministry itself so that it's edifying, that it is theologically sound, that it's creative and that we are encouraging people in their Christian faith. But also, I guess, particularly in these COVID times, thinking through how we... Yeah, how do you how do you take a church that has been meeting face to face online so that they can still have a sense of gathering? And the lady that I'm apprenticed to has just been brilliant in the way that she, our director of membership, how she has done that and really thought through. So I have been really blessed in having being a bit of a sounding board for her, but seeing how she thinks and think strategically and how we can best encourage people to remain connected and to have that sense of community and gathering around God's word. I actually did MTS when I was 24 or something. Oh, maybe I was a bit younger, 23. But like you, one of my favourite things was actually that kind of closer contact with the full-time ministry staff. I did it at Matthias and just being able to see how they think yes. and sort of seeing 
the staff interacting with each other and just getting an insight into, yeah, the complexity and putting that theological thinking into practice. As a church member, you see the outcome of that, but when you're sort of on the inside, you do get to understand it. It's, um, it's a real privilege, I think. Yeah, definitely. And because you just sort of think, oh, meeting comes together on a Sunday. You don't realise the amount of thinking that goes into it and, and just so that we are really glorifying and edifying God. Your church, it sounds like it's quite a big staff team where you are. Yeah, so we have about, we work under the 5M model. So ministry, membership, maturity, magnification, mission. Yeah, so we have four directors currently and then there's we have a family and kids worker and a team who work with her and so it's quite a large staff and there's another ministry apprentice but he's the typical ministry apprentice (laughs) yeah you mentioned you had children are they at a similar age your children or to the people that you're hanging out with at college (laughs) and (laughs) in your ministry Uh, apprenticeship yeah well yes the, my all of mine are in their twenties now, which is kind of I don't even know how that happened, but yeah. So and so, what do they think of mum becoming a mama? <laughs> <laughs> there was a bit of yeah, like oh, what's this going to look like for us? But I, they're on board with it. Yeah, I think that they're going okay. Yep, this is this is good. Yeah, I think it's the youngest one who probably took a bit more time to kind of adjust to that. Yeah, we're also in a an evening church Bible study, which means that we are the eldest in our Bible study group and we're being led by somebody who's in their early 20s and he's doing a fantastic job doing that. So that's actually an interesting dynamic. But the Bible study that I'm involved in in the morning, I'm which is a women's Bible study, I'm pretty close to the baby of that group. So... <laughs> So that's a lovely, like it's a really interesting mix of, so I get really get the gamut really of mm. both ends of the spectrum. Mm. Tell me about your favourite Bible verse at the moment, Marion. Okay, so my favourite Bible verse at the moment is Isaiah 40 verse 8, which says, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Now, this verse was actually, I first heard it at college. And the reason I really love it is because it was during just as as COVID hit. And I, we've, I've also been through a rough patch. And it's just so wonderful to know that God's word stands no matter what's going on. Even when you feel like the rug has been pulled out from under your feet, his word is solid and it stands and nothing can change it. And and we know that his word is true and, you know, and Jesus is the word. So it's, it's just, yeah, really reassuring. It's a comfort to me and it's also just, yeah, a great foundation to be thinking through God's word being the foundation and solid. Thank you for sharing it because... We just need reminding all the time, don't we, that his word really is dependable and, you know, life changes every day and we think we'll still know and trust and be able to hold on to God's word as firmly, you know, next Monday or next Saturday afternoon, but we just need to constantly hear it, don't we? We definitely do, yeah. And can I just share with you, there's one other one that I, another from Isaiah, 
which is from 40 verse oh, chapter 43 and this one is from the like verses one through to two really but it's just talking about being called by name i fear not i have redeemed you i have called you by name you are mine and i just love the fact that the creator of the universe this amazing god has actually called me by name i know he's referring to israel there but this idea that it's personal it's not just some god is so huge but he's so personal and i just love that it's just this idea that he knows my name and that he knows me intimately and we know that from other parts of the bible but being called by name and so also you know those difficult times Fear not, because I am with you. I am with you, and I've called you by name, and that's just beautiful to me. And your mm, mind. It is. And I think that may be the answer to my final question, but what's yeah. keeping you standing firm in Christ at the moment? Standing firm in Christ at the moment. I think, again, it is his word. Like, I'm just encouraged by people around me, and I think, actually, as I reflect now on where we're at in 2020, He's blessed me with so many people in my life that are keeping me firm, that they're persevering. And that's been especially so with COVID. Getting back on site in a limited way, just seeing that there are other Christians out there and it's encouraging and a joy just to, even if we can't really have a good chat because we, we can't mingle, we are able, I'm just encouraged by seeing other people that they're persevering in their faith. That's what's keeping me firm in one sense, but it's God's word ultimately that's keeping me firm. But yeah, encouragement, encouraged by other Christians. It's just a wonderful, wonderful blessing. Absolutely. Oh, look, thank you so much, Marion, because this conversation has been an encouragement to me and I'm sure to those people who are going to listen. So I really appreciate you taking the time to share a bit about your story and tell us what life is like for you at the moment. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Tori. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Lydia Project. We would love you to share this episode with others, whether that be by word of mouth, social media or leaving a review on iTunes. You can find us on most platforms using the handle at TLPCWCW. Music is Wholesome 7 by Dave Depper and voiceover is by me, Jennifer Mary.